1: You're listening to episode ten of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear conversations on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel M.
2: And I'm Christina M.
1: Wait, you you didn't interrupt me.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm kinda over it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that because today we're gonna be talking about grit?
2: Well, yes. Then yes. you
1: should have continued to do it if you had grit.
2: Oh, but I don't know if I actually have grit. <laughs> <laughs> so, as Daniel mentioned, today we're going to be talking about grit and what it means and how to foster or try to foster grit in your own life or your children's lives. So, here we go.
1: Yeah. Well, as it's 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 really interesting because as a strengths finder coach, I've done a lot of coaching around helping people discover their talents and move their talents into strengths. But recently I read probably, you know, it's not recent, I guess it was over a year ago, I read this book called Is Talent Enough? And Mm -hmm. on one of the other podcasts uh, that I co-host, the Five Leadership Questions podcast, we talked about that. We were like, okay, is, is, is talent enough or do you need more? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have the idea of Malcolm Gladwell and and he talks about the 10,000 hour rule and and how it's just you got to put the work in in order to achieve great things. So there's just a lot going around where it's like, yes, we do need talent. We should focus on our areas of greatest talent. But the only thing the, the only thing that kind of separates people who have great talent and those who succeed are actually those who pour the investment in. So it's not really a dichotomy.
2: So it's the perseverance that counts.
1: Yeah, because a lot of times someone will take an assessment like the Finder assessment mm-hmm. and they'll get their top five and think, oh, look at my five strengths. But actually, those are themes. And within those themes, you have talents, but you have to pour an in investment, which is developing skill, uh, growing in knowledge so that it can become a strength. So it's not it's not a you're born with it and you don't need to work on it you got to work on it.
2: (laughs) Okay. I feel like that was a lot of information in a little bit. I guess we'll have to do another episode on strengths, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah,
1: I can talk about strengths all (laughs) day long.
2: (laughs) True. So going back to grit, um, this topic actually came up from a book that we read by Angela Duckworth Mm. and it's called. Great, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, (laughs) really great name.
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so uh, we read the book, and um, coming from people like we talk about in our podcast, that we don't know all the answers as Mm -hmm. parents. Sometimes I feel like uh, we parent because of the way that our parents parented us, or or maybe in the sense of that's the way our parents did it, and maybe we don't want to be like that, so we do the opposite or try to do the opposite, or we. just kind of read you know different articles and different books and think hey that's something that I would like to implement into our lives into our family's lives.
1: Yeah, so we really just want to digest with you the whole topic of grit because it's it's more and more popular every single year every month. I mean, more books are re- referring to it, mm-hmm. more podcasts and and such. So, yeah, we really want to process it with you and and just kind of think about all the ways that it impacts parenting. Uh, all the ways that it impacts your marriage, our our marriage as well, and our personalities too. But before we get into that, Christina, you recently listened to a podcast on (laughs) multi-potentialities.
2: I did. It it sounds like personalities, right? right? (laughs) Multi-personalities? No, it was um,
1: multi-potentialities. Yeah, that's right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so it was uh, a TED Talk. By a lady and she's a writer uh, and also uh, actress and so she was saying you know that question of uh, when you ask kids like what do you want to be when you grow up Mm. and that's just almost like you don't really care what their answer is at that point it's just kind of like a cutesy thing because you want to hear like a three-year-old say I want to you know be the president or be an astronaut or whatnot but as you get older and you're answering these questions there are expectations Hmm. like you can't necessarily you know it would be really weird to a person to hear like oh I want to be Um, a violin maker and uh, a rice cooker. Like, (laughs) you're like, what? Why? You know, it's almost like you have to be peg-holed into this one thing. And she was saying, well, she never fit that mold. And so that's where she came for that. You know, that's not a bad thing. She was saying that you could be really good at a bunch of things. And even if you just stick with one thing for a little bit and then you quit and go to another thing, you're actually taking experiences and lessons learned from that, you know, a quick six month stint, or something, and you're applying it to other areas, hmm. and so you're more well rounded, so to speak. So it was really interesting, um, hearing a different point of view, it was like yeah. kind of contradictory to grit a little bit. So it was. Yeah, I feel like it balanced it out a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating. So be sure to go to inbetween.org backslash episode 10, and you can find a link to that TED Talk and everything else that we talk about in this podcast. But recently, the 2018 Winter Olympics was on, mm-hmm. and we had a lot of fun watching it. Yes, <laughs> It was like, depending on the sport, we'd go for Canada. Or the U.S. or Korea or China. so <laughs>
2: We're all winners. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. So it, it was really interesting, though, because being in the States now, it, it, was, it was just fascinating, right, Christina? Because usually we'd watch the Olympics in Canada.
2: And have all Canadian commentaries.
1: Exactly. But this time it was American. And I mean, figure skating is huge. Mm-hmm. And they did this, all these segments on Nathan Chen. Mm-hmm. And they just really hyped them up. I mean, it was like, he's the quad king. He's breaking all these records. They showed, uh, uh, what was that video of him when he was a little kid saying he was going to make the Olympics. It was just all this hype Mm -hmm. and he didn't get a gold. Nope. He got a bronze in the team event. And even when it was his solo event, I mean, he didn't even medal. Mm -hmm. Now it's really fascinating because we talked about this with our kids, Especially because TV was like just hyping him up so much,
2: right? A lot of big expectations. And so, when he fell, and uh, we kind of knew at that point he was out of metal contention, I think all our spirits were a little bit low. Mm. But then he went out and he did quad after quad after quad. Yeah. I think he was like he did six quads, but he landed five, yeah.
1: Like, and Olympic that's an Olympic record. record, yeah. There's I don't think anyone had ever scored that high. So even though his first score was incredibly low, mm-hmm. right, that everyone thought he was going to be out of it, he just went for the moon and he landed it. And honestly, if he, were, if he had a decent score in his other performance, mm-hmm. he would have got the gold. Right. Right. But it's, it's, it was fascinating to, to see that and to see the amount of work that, I mean, just just think, remember, like, what was his name? Elvis Stoiko? Yeah. When he, like, did the triple accent. <laughs> now we're axle. aging ourselves. Yeah, yeah, triple axon, and you're like, oh, How did someone do a triple axle? Like, why is that crazy? And now it's not one quad, but it's just, yeah. So think about the amount of time he put in. Even Sean White. I mean, Mm -hmm. we both snowboarded.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so just hearing they did a segment on him too, um, that a few months before the Olympics, he was trying like a huge air half pipe. And he caught, oh, it was disgusting. Yeah. He caught the edge of his board oh. on the top of the half pipe and literally, like, came crashing down and fell on his face. And yeah. he, like, bit through his lip and he, like, grinded down his nose to the bone. And just, yeah. like, they had to helicopter him out. And he had, like, a huge, like, wad of tissue or something covering his face. Cause I'm sure and this he was, was like
1: months before the Olympics, exactly. Right?
2: And he was saying in the interview that, um, He was obviously scared and, you know, wasn't sure what was going to happen. But he was saying, you know what? If I'm going to go back out there, I'm saying yes to the potential of this happening again. Yeah. And I'm going to do it. Yeah. And guess what? He won the gold medal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, we're sharing this not because we're wanting to raise Olympic athletes. No, (laughs) I I don't
2: think they have that kind of talent, (laughs) sorry. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Sorry, kids. Uh, (laughs) So that's not the reason, but I think the Olympics are such a demonstration of the amount of grit, perseverance, Mm -hmm. tenacity, that humans have that humans can have that they can display i mean even the whole figure skating thing we talk about over and over again but imagine how many times they've listened to that music they've done those routines right it's not even like they're doing different routines every every few months Mm -hmm. it's the same thing over and and over over and over and again so so what does it look like for us to learn from that as parents and to Mm -hmm. help our kids not give up at the first sight of you know, when when they start breaking a sweat or when there's resistance and it's just like, or oh, they get hurt. Yeah. H- mm-hmm. How do we how do we parent? Because the ones that win today are those that have tenacity.
2: And have put in the time and the effort.
1: Precisely. So
2: and talking about these athletes um, from a parent's perspective, too, you know, their parents are the ones who really have a lot of perseverance and grit as well because they're the ones who are getting the kids up in the morning, yes, putting them into the rink. Or, uh, they did an interview with Chloe Cam, she was uh, an American snowboarder who won gold. Um, and her they lived five hours away from the mountains, they lived in um, California, and so her parents would drive her, like, I guess you know, two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back, so that she could snowboard. Yeah. Like I don't know. To me, I'm like, nope, sorry. And it's kids. not a vacation. <laughs> no, I mean exactly. to
1: get to her level. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So, so I mean
2: like good on them as well.
1: Yeah. So let's let's get into it. Let's actually start by another TED talk I recently listened to where Carol Dweck talked about the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Mm. Now, we, I mean, she's been quoted time and time again with the difference here. And, and, And just to really quickly tell you the difference, a fixed mindset is something that is kind of developed when you compliment your kids. And she was talking about this, this was the example that she was using when you tell your kids, oh, you're so smart. Oh, you're so talented oh, you're so amazing. Oh, you're such a genius that actually develops in them a fixed mindset that doesn't allow them to, uh, I guess, what, what does she talk about that doesn't allow her to doesn't allow kids to kind of move forward. Well, you're or,
2: congratulating or, them not upon their effort, but yes, upon right. basically their talent.
1: Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. And when the talent doesn't come through, like if things get
2: hard yeah. or something doesn't come easily to them, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, I'm no, no, no. Let's not do that. Let's go to the things that I'm naturally good at because I want that praise and you know that affirmation.
1: Yeah, which you've seen now uh, in 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 the research where there are some kids who have the GPA and the test scores, the AT scores to get accepted into really good universities and colleges, but they're not applying because they're afraid they're going to get rejected. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of the fixed mindset. The growth mindset, in contrast, is instead of praising your kids for being smart when they do a good job, instead praise them for working hard praise them for sticking with it, Mm -hmm. praise them for things that aren't innate talent wise, but praise them for the actions, the behaviors that they demonstrated to that help them get to that place.
2: Yes. And uh, we have a saying in our family that, you know, when things get tough, Like, for example, Macarius, he's three years old. Mm. He's like, oh, this is so hard. Now he's talking about like, oh, putting on my shoes are so hard or, (laughs) you know, finishing my milk. Oh, but it's so hard in a three year old's mindset. I think that's like maybe life or death situation or something. (laughs) But we say, you know what? Good thing that you can do hard things. Mm. So encouraging them like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it is hard. Let's not let's not minimize that. You feel like that's hard. Okay, that is. But you can stick through and you can get through it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even tonight's dinner, it took him way longer <laughs> than any than of us should. to finish it. <laughs> yeah. That, that, really, but he, he stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, we, and he, he finished it off. And if we begin letting up on, and I'm not saying you got to be hard nosed on everything, mm-hmm. but how do you set that pattern? Right. How do you set that pattern so that they can persevere, that they can develop that grit?
2: Yes. And another example is Victoria. Victoria is eight and she's in her second year of piano Mm. and you know, Some days she loves playing and other days, you know, she'd rather be outside. Yeah, Yeah. I don't blame her. So there's times where it's just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Or she's learning a new skill, Mm. um, a different timing or rhythm in piano. And she's like, this is so hard. And she's frustrated and she's crying. And we need to encourage her. Same thing. Like, yeah, it is tough. It is really hard to learn something new. And it's not going to always come easy. And that's where we practice. We practice the hard thing so that the hard things become easier and good thing that you can do hard things.
0: Yeah, I love that phrase. I love This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bau, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman? Serve in the workplace? Or do you lead a small group? In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. That phrase now,
1: I remember in... Actually, as we were talking about this episode and, and getting ready, Christina, you were talking a little bit about the research on grit, right? And it's still how how, how there's still not enough research out there.
2: Right. Angela Duckworth in her own um, chapter about, you know, raising uh, gritty kids, she says she wishes that there was a lot more research in the, um, you know, the findings of how how to raise Gritty kids, mm. but we're just not there yet because they've just started looking at this in the last like twenty or thirty years. Yeah. But she does say these are the things that we're going to mention um, next are things that the research is pointing out. Yeah, so that there is you know hope. Yes. Yeah. that <laughs> this can be done. That you're not just born with it.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just thinking about what kind of research would really prove something. You know, you can do research that indicates it, but how do you have your, how do you have your control group? So you have a set of kids, <laughs> you know, starting from two, three-year-olds mm-hmm. and you monitor them. It has to be a longitudinal study. exactly. But you don't necessarily want it. I mean, there have been some scary... Behavioral experience, longitudinal experiments that have gone yes. on I think that. that's
2: why there's a lot of yes. rules now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. These kids just let them give up for the 20 <laughs> years, and these kids, let's make it really hard, yeah. and these kids, let's just kind of go really random and see what happens. No. Yeah. I don't think that's uh, yeah, how research no. works anymore. <laughs> <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Now, it's interesting because even for us as as teenagers. It's it's interesting the the amount of grit that our parents instilled in us, mm-hmm. and although there wasn't, it's not like your your parents and my parents were talking about grit at that time. That
2: didn't uh, exist. At yeah, that time. I mean, yeah, that, 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 that concept. Yeah,
1: that concept. Mm-hmm. We really had to stick with it. I mean, I wanted to give up violin so many times, mm-hmm. but my parents made me stick with it. They, they and they kept on pushing me toward it, and the amount of money that they poured into it too. It's so it wasn't right. just hard on me; it was hard on them because violin lessons were really expensive, violins were really expensive, and then mm-hmm. I had to do buy the music, go to festivals, perform in concerts, and do all this stuff. But but what's fascinating is at the end of it, honestly, we were able to teach. We were able to earn a side income. We were able to gig a little bit during college as a result. And, and honestly, Christina, I think the way that I think what what I've been able to do and, and some mm-hmm. of the ways that I think with work and problem in my writing solving. and all that stuff, problems. Honestly, I think that's because of the way that I learned violin and because of how I stuck with it.
2: And that's the same story for me as well with piano. I started piano when I was in second grade and I wanted to give up um Mm. Mm-hmm. Right before, I think about the ninth grade of piano, mm. because at that point I was uh, like dead into high school and, you know, there's so many extracurriculars and things. And I was having to practice about three to four hours a day of piano mm. just to be able, I mean, the songs are longer and obviously yeah. you have to, you're not going to be strong in every uh, point, And so mm-hmm. you have to practice and practice. And I was just kind of like, what am I going to do with this later? Yeah. And so I really wanted to give up and my parents were like nope you have come too far so you are going to finish and looking back I am really thankful that they pushed me because same thing like both Daniel and I were able to to teach our musical instruments during college and been able to you know that's how I afforded to buy books
1: yeah yeah and and I think that the value of that is not just the fact that we were able to gig and earn a little bit more money on the side Mm -hmm. right I think that's one value Another value is the fact that there are several times in my week, in my day, when I'm doing things where I just want to give up. Oh, yeah. And I have a goal and I'm like, no, I got to get this done. I mean, the number of times that I wanted to give up when I was writing my last book, mm-hmm. like literally, I just wanted to give up. I was like, this is the worst. It's Why? Painful. It's painful. I just want to sleep. I want to watch TV. I just, <laughs> I, just, I don't want to be here. I don't want to wake up early and mm-hmm. right. And but, but being able to stick with it, I think I was able to stick with that. And I mean, it took me eight years to do my master's, but I was able to stick with it because I think because of that grit. Mm-hmm. But also, here's you know, we should actually do another episode on music. I think a separate episode in the future on music because Sounds like a good idea. because research does show that music wires your brain. And and learning, not just listening to music. I'm talking mm-hmm. about learning an instrument. And I don't think anyone's ever too old to learn an instrument. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I agree with but, that. But it it seriously does wire your brain differently. So yeah, let's let's get back to that in a future episode.
2: So we touched on it a little before and at other points, especially talking about how our parents uh, were really you know, pushing us to persevere through times that we wanted to quit. So our brings us to our other point of we need to be gritty for our kids too. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when they're younger and they're wanting to give up or they're wanting to try a bunch of new things, which is okay. I want to caveat that because in her book, even Angela Duckworth talks about, uh, when your kids are young, it is a time and an opportunity for them to try a bunch of new things to be able to find out what they're passionate about, Mm -hmm. because really it's really hard to be gritty, uh, about things that you kind of hate.
1: Yeah. So how how do you do that differently? How 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 do, how do we raise grit or or kind of instill grit, teach our kids grit when they're young, mm-hmm. right? Maybe like under 5 and you know or maybe 0 to 10 ish and and then also older as teenagers.
2: So, I think when they're young that it's okay to try new things. And uh, depending on what your family beliefs are, like for us, we're okay with our kids trying new things. But once they sign up for something, they need to finish off the commitment. Mm. So, for example, our kids wanted to try soccer and that's fine. They uh, have never really tried soccer before. So we thought this is a great opportunity. But looking at the schedule It is a three month commitment in the heat of Nashville, which is, you know, sometimes 90 degrees. And so there is a practice and a game. So that's two days out of the week where they are playing soccer.
1: Yeah. And it's not like it's replacing anything. It's nothing right now. Mm -hmm. So it's it really is a load. An additional load for all of us it's not just for the kids
2: you're right and so we wanted to make sure that it wasn't just something that i don't know where it even came up from maybe some talks or from their friends or i know one of our daughters really wants to win a medal and so everybody medals at the end of soccer and so she was like okay this is my sure way of getting a medal yeah (laughs) And so we wanted to make sure that, you know, I don't think that is going to help them persevere to the very end. And uh, in the end, really, it's going to be us as the parents that are the ones who are gritty for our kids, who are going to make sure that they are at practice and at games on time. And so what we decided to do before we signed them up is let's play a game or a few games of soccer together and to make sure that they understand the concept Uh, and that it's not just this magical mythical thing in their minds that they get you know that it's a team sport and And you have to run and and you you, have to stick with it and you have to take the ball from people (laughs) and you have to share the ball with your teammates and things like that so once we feel we felt like they were understanding and like yeah I still want to do this then we signed them up and said okay Mm -hmm. yeah we're gonna we're gonna make this commitment as a family to get you through these next three months
1: yeah so instilling grit in your kids doesn't mean mean oh you chose gymnastics when you were 3 so you now have to stick with gymnastics until you're 10 mm-hmm. or because you did soccer this year you have to do it next year it's the idea of okay what is the commitment that you are committing them to that they are committing themselves to help them understand that mm-hmm. and you know hold them to it and say you made the commitment even if you don't want to wake up even if you don't want to go we're going to go because you made the commitment and we made the commitment and let's finish it out Mm-hmm. But how is it different when they're older, when they're teenage? You know, in in the in the book Grit and, and in other books that talk about this.
2: Well, uh, the change, at least that Angela Duckworth mentions, as adolescence is she requires her kids to stick with something for two years Mm. so an extracurricular like if they want to be part of student council they're not just going to run one year they're going to run both years Mm. or uh, a different you know maybe trying out for choir or something like that they're going to they're going to continue on for um a couple years not just one
1: yeah. So, so that is a big difference. Mm-hmm. right? It is a big difference because as a child, you're, they're trying to figure out what they like doing and, mm-hmm. and what they're good at and what they're not good at and what they kind of show that natural talent in, but also while helping them develop the grittiness. Mm-hmm. But as a teenager, they are moving toward young adulthood and there, there does need to be a little bit more of a longer commitment. Right.
2: There. And finding their niche and excelling in that.
1: Yeah. Precisely. Precisely. Now, it's interesting because sometimes things come easy to the kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sometimes things don't. And just because something comes easy doesn't mean that that's should be the way that you go. And just because something comes hard doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it.
2: Mm -hmm. I wish I had known that point beforehand, like growing up, Mm. because a lot of things came naturally to me. And so I thought, well, there we go. Let's just, you know, stick with that. And the things that required work, I really shied away from. I'm highly competitive in nature. And so if I knew that I wasn't going to be top dog right away, I was like, forget it. There are so many other opportunities that I can shine in. So why try that? And uh, I really regret that, especially Mm. in one point. I remember taking a linguistics class in college and I worked my butt off. It was nothing I've ever done before. And uh, I got a B Mm. and I don't get B's. (laughs) Especially if you put that much effort into it, like that just does not compute in my mind. If I put Mm. the effort in, I'm going to get, you know, like 99 or whatever. Um, And so I remember talking to my professor and my professor actually pointed out, she was like, you are so talented in this. I hope that you stick with it. It was just like a first year course. And I was like, no, probably not. Like I worked hours and hours and hours on this. And this is my final grade. Like I got a B. And she was like, you know, linguistics isn't easy. And I've taught for, you know, 20 plus years. And you have a natural inkling. Hmm. I really hope that you would stay with it. And guess what I did? nope. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me? That's going to tear my GPA down. Mm. So I was like, that's my one and only class. And you know, I look back and I think, and we've worked with uh, speech language pathologists with our kids and, um, you know, some of our good friends are and things. And I look back and I think, man, I would have loved doing that. Mm. So if I could go back, I really would. I think I would tell myself, um, it's worth the hard work. Mm. And just because the grades aren't matching up necessarily to what you think your standard is, mm-hmm. um, that it's, going to, it's worth it. That I wish I had a growth mindset in that area.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Christina, it's never too late. That's true. You could always do it if you wanted to. And
2: maybe if this podcasting gig doesn't work <laughs> out.
1: <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Yeah. I'm serious. It's, it's something maybe we should think about. Mm-hmm. Especially in light of this episode. So there There we go. All right. So before we (laughs) That'll be our nighttime talk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Our our post. You know, turn the mic off and we can keep on talking. (laughs) But just as we finish off, I loved this idea of the hard thing rule.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So Angela Duckworth talks about this in her... uh, In other
1: words, get her book because we keep on talking about her. Well, she (laughs) is kind of the... the,
2: She is the guru Yeah, she is the
1: guru right now in in grit, so...
2: Of that. And we will link uh, her book into our show notes as well. So anyway, going back, uh, she talks about how she implements grit into... She has two teenage daughters now. Uh, that their family rule is that at any given point in time, every single family member is doing something that is difficult. This does not come easily to them.
1: Mm. So I think to finish off the show, I really like that idea of the hard thing rule. Mm -hmm. We haven't implemented it yet. No, we haven't. The the thing about our podcast is we are not experts. (laughs) We're (laughs) trying to figure this out (laughs) as we go along Mm -hmm. with you as well. And I think this is something we should I mean, let's talk about this with our kids Mm -hmm. tomorrow over our Saturday morning brunch Mm -hmm. as we as we typically do. But before we finish off, let's actually think about and and share what our hard things are going to be. And if you can share with us what your hard things are going to be at in between show. So that's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at in between show. We'd love to hear what your hard things are going to be, what you're going to commit to. So, Mm Christina. Do you have anything that you want to share? A hard thing that you want to commit to?
2: Uh, two things. Okay. One is that I think because in light of the Olympics being in South Korea, mm. um, our daughters are really interested in learning Korean. Yeah. So I think that's something that obviously is not going to come um, naturally to them. So uh, Wait, that's-
1: But that's not fair. You're signing me up for that.
2: I'm signing us oh, up for yeah,
1: that. but you don't know Korean. <laughs> yeah. You're signing me
2: up Well, then that. I have to be gritty in learning as well. I'm learning. Oh, uh,
1: okay. If you're yes. going to be a part of the learning, yes. then Yes, okay. we're
2: all going to be part I of the I'll learning. I guess I'll be the Korean teacher. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Said with such enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the second thing, mm-hmm. and I think we'll do uh, another episode on this at a different time, is that I'm starting to realize that... Uh, Maybe some of my allergies are due to some food stuff that's going on. Mm. And so I've already cut out gluten, but now I think I have to cut out dairy. And that's a hard thing. Mm. Like, who doesn't love a good charcuterie board?
1: Yeah, we had a charcuterie board today. <laughs> yeah, it was good.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so I think that's a really, Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing because I think it's good for my body, but it's a really difficult thing that I'm going to have to stick with.
1: Yeah. Well, you already chose my hard thing for me. I had an idea, but you already chose it for me. Okay, no, you share (laughs) your own idea. I don't want two hard (laughs) things. I hate hard things. All right, so, okay, my hard thing is I am working on another book. Uh, I mean, not fully, fully yet right now.
2: You're working on your proposal.
1: On my proposal. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, it's, I kind of do it, I'm excited about the idea. Mm -hmm. I am, but I know how much hard work it was to write my other two and,
2: See, you're choosing my hard thing, too, because this affects the family as well.
1: Well, that just means you'll get to do some other home rentals. (laughs) You painted our cabinets when I wrote my second book. So what is that going to (laughs) be?
2: I'm going to build, like, a pergola or something. (laughs) A pergola?
1: (laughs) That is awesome. You might as well redo our deck, then.
2: (laughs) Just going to get my handy saw and get to work.
1: (laughs) It's not called handy saw. Okay, so (laughs) once again, follow us on at in-between show on Twitter Instagram and Facebook and please share what your hard things are or volunteer the hard things for yourself <laughs> for you that's great and next episode we are actually going to be talking about hashtag parent fail all right so even in <laughs> prep for the episode so if you want to tweet us out your hashtag parent fails too that'd be awesome.
2: Oh man I have some good parent fails for you <laughs> well,
0: we'll catch you next time.